brownies for breakfast? Don't mind if I do. Most of us know that mo- Hey there, health and wellness enthusiasts. Are you tired of sifting through countless supplement brands at their bold claims only to be disappointed by the quality or results? Your search ends here with Bulk Supplements. At BulkSupplements.com, they're dedicated to providing you with the finest, most reliable nutritional supplements without the fluff or gimmicks. Their products are thoroughly tested and come in their purest forms so that you can trust that you are getting the best. With over 500 supplements available in bulk, including vitamins, minerals, herbs, mushrooms, amino acids, proteins, you'll find exactly what you need to support your fitness journey, boost your immune system, or enhance your overall well-being. Why should you choose BulkSupplements.com? Purity. They prioritize the highest quality ingredients without unnecessary additives. Affordability. Our, their bulk options make you get more value for your money. Convenience. Shop easily online and enjoy hassle-free shipping right to your doorstep. And variety. Explore their extensive selection to find the perfect supplements for your unique needs. Transform your health and wellness routine with the power of BulkSupplements.com. Visit their website and use the promo code ORGANICMATRIX for a discount off your future purchases. Experience the difference that pure, high-quality supplements can make in your life. Remember, it's not about the supplements. It's about investing in a better you. The, that most of the guilty pleasures of sweets and treats can shorten our lifetime with our loved ones. But what if I told you our guest today, Lynn Bowman, our glam grand, will teach us how we can reinvent the way we look at food and how we can thrive having brownies for breakfast. Lynn is... I love when I go to the gym and I see smoothie bars. However, I don't love smoothie bar prices. With my Blendjet 2 portable blender, I can make smoothie bar quality beverages for a fraction of the price. Right before or after my workout. Blend anytime, anywhere with Blendjet 2 Portable Blender. Go to blendjet.com and use the code ORGANICMATRIX12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Shop today and get the best deal ever. It's living proof that you can cook, eat, sleep, laugh, and walk your way out of type 2 diabetes, along with other chronic ailments. And her latest book, Brownies for Breakfast, a cookbook for diabetics and people who love them, is a cool, fun, beautiful guidebook for anyone who wants to reverse chronic disease and eat healthy. Vegan, vegetarian, plant-based, pescatarian, gluten-free, sugar-free. Plus, she's a grandma. Expect all kinds of advice along with the recipes, interior exterior design, beauty tips, style, hormones, parenting, and the one thing most of us get totally wrong with our first couple of marriages. Follow our show and bookmark our podcast so you don't miss out on our fantastic Matrix mentors. Lynn, it's an honor to have you on the show. Can you tell us what inspired your quest? Sam, I, I, this is so much fun for me. We've already been talking and it's been a pleasure to meet you and talk with you. And I want to bring you home. <laughs> I want to adopt you now. So I, Sorry, just be forewarned. It's a good thing you're so far away uh, across the country. 
what started me on this quest was, uh, I mean, I don't know, let's go way, 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 way back. I've always loved to eat. I've always loved food. And my mom died, as yours did, very young. I, I was 18 when my mother died. And as anyone listening knows, that's one of the biggest losses you ever have in your life. And it affects everything about your life from that time on. And in my case, my mom was chronically ill. So she had been not well for a long time. And so my life, even before she passed away, was very much affected by her illness. Even though, as is often the case, I didn't even understand how deeply affecting it was. I didn't understand that my mom wasn't normal because to me, she was perfectly normal. You know, I loved her. She was fun. We shared a lot, but it just wasn't what other mothers and daughters necessarily shared. And I also realize now that I had kind of a feral upbringing. <laughs> I was a wild child because there was nobody hanging over me. I had older siblings, but they were busy and, you know, they and my mom didn't feel well and couldn't do a whole lot. And my dad left with a briefcase every morning. So I did stuff, <laughs> you know, even as a pretty young kid, I decided that I would have a party and I had a party, you know, or I cooked or I cleaned or I didn't. But I think it's a thing that a lot of parents need to look at today. There is an advantage. People say to me, well, how do you, how do you get your confidence? You know, where did, well, I think it's that. I think that I didn't have a lot of supervision. <laughs> I didn't have people telling me what not to do all bunch. Although at that time, society told you what to do and what not to do. You know, there were, and I grew up in Pasadena, and I don't know if you know the joke about Pasadena, but, you know, very conservative, very old-timey kind of uh, place. <clears throat> it was kind of like Omaha, Nebraska, in the middle of Southern California. And so there were ways that we did things and ways that we didn't do things. But I didn't have a lot of parental control, you know. I wasn't managed all the time. I wasn't being driven around all the time. I walked or I rode a friend's pony or something, but, uh, or I took my scooter, my bike. Uh, and our society now, ch children are being raised in the back of cars, <laughs> aren't they? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's where they live their little lives. They're in the classroom and then they're sitting in the back of a car or they're on the ball field or there's, but they're, they, they seem to be fairly caged when I look at it from my point of view. <clears throat> so. I always loved food and I loved to cook and I never had much money. And I dropped out of UCLA after three semesters because I thought it was just dumb, frankly. Uh, it was boring. It wasn't what I wanted to do, where I wanted to be. Uh, I made a couple of good friends there for life and I'm grateful for that. But I wasn't going to do that. So I did of course, what I really wanted to do, which was I took off for Paris. I went to work, made enough money to get over there one way and went to Paris, which my whole life growing up was my fantasy. You know, of course, I was an artist as a kid and I wanted to be an illustrator. And so Paris, right? And the other thing about France, of course, is food. 
fashion and food. I mean, hello. So uh, that was great. Came back, went to work, enjoyed working. And, uh, but I never had any money because in those days you didn't, I mean, particularly women. I mean, we didn't make any money doing anything. So I learned how to make food out of nothing because I wanted a social life. And, and one way to do that, as I mentioned in my book, is you prop your door open and you cook something and you send the fragrance out the door and you just don't know who's going to walk in the door. And sometimes it's really good. Uh, so, so I think I got a bit of a reputation among my friends. It's, well, we'll go to Lynn's house. She's got food. She's got something to eat. And that was my social life. <clears throat> and then time went on. I actually made my career as a creative, advertising creative. I was an illustrator and then a writer. And so I started when, um, when PageMaker was brand new. Do you even remember PageMaker? It was like the first desktop publishing program. And so I published my first book with using PageMaker, uh, which was just so new and crazy and different. What uh, fun, you know, it was great. And it was about, guess what? Food. <laughs> it was called Fast, Cheap, and Skinny. And that was because a friend who had been at my dinner table often said, this is amazing. How do you do this? You come home from work and you, and I had three little ones, Sam. I had, I became a single mom rather quickly after they were born. I had uh, little tiny ones. And so I needed to cook for them and I needed to put a meal on the table for them. So this friend said, this is, how do you do this? It's, you know, you're not spending that much money and it's really fat. And so she said, you need to write this book. So we did together. And then as time went on, my friend Deidre, who I wrote a couple of books with, is an actress. She's been on uh, Days of Our Lives since 1976. And we were sitting at her kitchen table one day and she said, you know, I'm going to go to Australia. No. Yeah. You want to go? Yeah, I want to go. And <laughs> so, of course... And I, I traveled with her as much as I could, you know, where I could dump my kids on my sister and take off with her. And and I said to her, we need a book. You need a book to take to Australia. Oh, yeah? Well, so six weeks later, we had done. And, you know, obviously I did most of the grunt work on it, but she contributed to this book called uh, Deidre Hall's Kitchen Close-Up which was a lot of these healthy eating things and weight loss things and so on, sort of with a bit of a Hollywood twist. And, uh, and I went with her to Australia, still have such good memories of that fun and took the book, big fun. And then, and her fans loved that. So we did another one called Deidre Hall's, how does she do it? Uh, about beauty, which and it was so fun writing it, Sam, because you think, well, beauty, no, we were talking like inside out, you know, how does one present oneself to the world? What is beauty? What does it sound like? What does it look like? Why do we care kind of stuff? And and I'm still proud of that little book. It was fun to do. And, and I think, and we got a good response for it. So, and of course it, it was good for Deidre's character because she plays Dr. Marlena Evans 
the ever wise and sexy psychiatrist. (laughs) So it it was a fun thing for us to do. And and then I've just, I I haven't looked back because I realized that I'm very passionate about helping people have healthier lives as a result, like you, of what happened to me. My mom couldn't help her disease. She had kidney disease, chronic disease. She couldn't have helped it. But I now understand, and I'm a type 2 diabetic, and I was determined that I was not going to leave my kids. And I I was going to grab every minute of this life that I could. And the way you do that is to be healthy. And the way you're healthy is to work at it just a little bit. You know, it, it isn't just handed to us. Or, well, in a way it is, I guess. But then after it's handed to you, don't mess it up, right? Keep it keep it good. Keep it okay. And, and then with this latest book, it's such fun to help people understand that it's not about deprivation at all. In fact, I am encouraging you to eat better, have more fun, eat more color, you know, more texture, more interest, invite your friends over, right? Have more good stuff for your kids. It's all good if you just stop eating crap. That's all you need to do, really. As a society, we've been addicted to crap. And the cost of that is our health and our finances. I mean, 85% of the bankruptcies in this country are because of health. And a huge number, in fact, it's a number that almost matches that, are preventable or reversible chronic diseases. You don't have to have them. Stop. And like you, a lot of us are dealing with older relatives, with parents, with friends who struggle with this idea that they need to change what they eat and they need to get off the couch and stop watching TV all day, right? Because back in the day, in the 50s, in the 40s, that was new and amazing and wonderful. You know, the Betty Crocker stuff that came out of a box, the cereals that came out of a bag or a box, those were amazing. And and suddenly women didn't have to spend their whole day in the kitchen. Well, and here I am, Granny Buzzkill, saying, no, honey, you got to get back in the kitchen. Somebody has to be in the kitchen making real food mm-hmm. if you're going to be healthy. It's that simple. But the good news is you can have brownies or donuts and you've been all through my book, I guess. And that's great. So, you know, there's pumpkin pie and there's carrot cake and and there's savory foods, too. Of course, they're uh, everyday foods, but you can eat sweets, just no sugar. And so many people now don't understand that that the new sugar substitutes are fabulous. And when I say substitute, I don't mean some chemical icky thing. They're very natural. Allulose, terrible name. It's a natural product. Uh, Chicory root sweetener, monk fruit sweetener. I'm not a huge fan of stevia. Yeah, monk fruit. These are terrific. Yeah. And testaments, erythritol, another one, terrible name, good sweetener, 
Just don't, and xylitol, don't give it to your dog. But uh, you shouldn't be feeding your dog sweets anyway. Just don't. But yeah, you can eat beautifully. And the difference is when you eat one of my brownies, you know you've had something to eat. A couple of those puppies and you are done. You're, you're good. You don't have to eat the whole box. You don't have to eat 10 of them. And if you did, <laughs> I don't know what would happen because it's real food. You know, it's made from, from uh, nut butter and eggs or egg substitute. If you're vegan, you can still make it. Uh, and pumpkin, vegetable, brownies made of vegetables. There are other recipes out there where you can do beans and so on. But um, mine, I, I seem to have hit one that is so easy to make. Is so forgivable. You know, if you kind of screw up the recipe, it's still good. And uh, for those of you who have the book and are making it, bake the brownies at 300 instead of 350, and they get even gooier, which is great for a lot of people. Not so cakey, more gooey. Hey there, coffee lovers. Did you know that your daily cup of joe might be tainted with oils and chemicals? If you follow me on social media, you are well aware that I'm all about checking labels and it's time we say goodbye to these harmful additives in 2023. Shockingly, many of Americans' beloved coffee creamers contain ingredients that you'll never knowingly mix into your coffee, such as canola oil, dispotassium phosphate, and artificial flavors. But don't worry, we've got your back Liard Superfood Creamers. These creamers are made from top-notch, all-natural, real food ingredients, giving you nothing but the best in every sip. Here, an inspiring tale. Liard began tinkering with his morning coffee routine almost 20 years ago. He discovered that adding healthy, adding healthy fats like coconut oil to his coffee not only enhanced the taste, but also provided him with incredible energy that lasted throughout the day. Eventually, he crafted the ultimate fuel pack coffee and started sharing his secrets with his surf buddies. So why not make the switch to Liard Superfood Creamers today? Elevate your morning ritual, fuel your day with clean energy, and never worry about hidden and harmful ingredients again. Are you ready to feel more energized, focused, and supported? Go to liardsuperfoods.com and add nourishing plant-based foods to fuel you from sunrise to sunset. Use our promo code ORGANICMATRIX at checkout to save 15% off your purchase today. But yeah, eating healthy does not mean deprivation in any way. Shouldn't. I absolutely agree with you. Eating healthy adds so much value to life. I, I swear, like, I feel like I never knew what life, how good life could be until I felt like I was in good health. A lot of us don't even know Absolutely. what good health feels like. It feels like you're, it feels better than drinking coffee because when we drink coffee, we kind of get the sweats, we feel anxiety and then we crash. But when we're healthy, it's like we're steady. We, we get sleepy at the right time. We wake up early and we smile in the morning. We, we're excited to get that morning sun in our eyes and our food is like, we are what we eat. And I feel like when we hear that term, we don't realize that our cells are gathering nutrients so they can function the right way through what we fuel our bodies with. We would never give a car, like a regular car diesel fuel. Like, so we, we shouldn't be 
always out buying things. It's so true. Like it's also, if we look at our grocery list, I noticed this, especially in college, when I would buy plant-based, um, plant-based foods, my grocery bill would be like $40, $60, like so affordable for like a great plate of food. And then I would go into the sections of like buying crackers, buying cereal, um, buying processed foods. And those things are so expensive. They cost us money and they cost us time. So I yeah. love that you found these alternatives. How did you begin learning how to cook healthy, like reinventing the way that we look at food? How did I do that? I, I just was paying attention, Sam. I was reading everything I'd get my hands on. And then when Google happened and here we had the whole world at our fingertips, I could research anything, you know, bada boom. And I had answers. I, I early on was a fan of several of the big health writers of recent years. And more and more people have come, like recently I talk a lot about Michael Moss, who is someone who has written a lot about big food and, and the craveability industry, which if, for those of you listening who don't know about this, this is buildings in New Jersey full of people whose careers are all about getting you to eat crappy food, making these foods more addictive, more craveable, so you will buy more to increase their shareholder value. That's what they do. They're not interested in your health, no matter what it says on the box or the bag. They're interested in shareholder value. So you are addicted to sugar or whatever it is in their product, typically sugar and salt. You mentioned coffee, by the way. I love coffee and I have nothing against coffee, but it's an illustration of how different we all are. There is no, a, a project I'm working on right now is I'm, I'm writing a comparison of keto, paleo, vegan, carnivore, because especially you young ones, you are just washed over all the time with all this blah, blah, blah information, YouTubes, um, you know, TikToks, whatever about, and I, if I had 10 cents for every time one of these guys said, this is the diet for optimal human health, you know, for optimal length of, first of all, I want to say, listen, Jocko, you're 30. What the hell do you know about longevity or life or anything? You know, where's a grandma in your show? Um, I don't see any granddads or grandpa, you know, or grandmas walking around on your set. I see a bunch of guys who have spent too much time in the gym in front of a mirror. That's what I see. So that's, that's my prejudice. But they're always about, no, this is the way. This is the right way to do it. You know, there is more than one right way to do being a human being. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, there's certain that. things that, that we hope are common, kindness and love and some things. But if you don't like celery, that's okay. <laughs> that doesn't make you a criminal. So... It's, it's fine. It's all, it's all fine. But don't come to me and tell me that you have the one answer for humanity's health problems. Although I could come close, I think, by saying, stop eating crap, no sugar. If, if there were one thing 
that we wanted to tell people that we needed to get out there. That's it. That's a good thing to get out there. I agree. There's nothing beneficial to sugar. It makes us crash. It spikes our blood sugar. It it causes inflammation. And inflammation is a lifelong battle. It causes cancer and it causes cancer to grow. And we have the receipts on that. We have studies under a microscope. You can watch a cancer grow. You can watch a fungus grow when you feed it sugar. It's it's not a big mystery. Uh, And yet we're ignoring this uh, with the way we feed our kids and ourselves. And and then and you mentioned, Sam, how plant based food is not expensive. And I get that question all the time. Well, isn't it really expensive to eat healthy? No, no. This is the person who goes into Starbucks and pays four and a half bucks for a donut. And six fifty for some kind of crazy, sugar-laden, um, over-processed coffee thing with dairy on top of it—not good dairy—and and they want to know if health food is expensive. You know, on what they just spent in Starbucks, they could have made an actual really good meal for a family. It's so true. It's so true. For example, I I. I, yesterday I went to the supermarket. My mom is sick and I just needed to get five ingredients for a really good stew. It was like chicken, carrots, uh, celery, potato, some other things. And I came home. It was like 30 bucks. I made a pot this big. I got like 10 pounds of chicken. Like that's like, a, that's food for a whole week. Like it's yes. plant-based that has meat in it. I like meat, but you know, it's, it's not that hard. It, creativity is like key in the kitchen. The more, like the more creative we can be in the kitchen, the tastier the food is. It can always work. Absolutely. And, and I'm always encouraging people to eat what they have. You know, don't go to the store. Open up your fridge. What's in there? Pull the stuff out that's in the back. And there are a couple of recipes in the book that are specifically designed for you to clean your fridge and make soup out of it, whatever you have. Uh, Because I know you, I mean, you go to the store, you buy all that kale and you have all this good intention and you bring it home. And three days later, the kale's kind of like tired, but don't throw it away, cook it, you know, and make that pot of soup or make that whole tray of, of baked kale chips, or just look at what you have and use it, make something from it. And the whole idea of a recipe book where you open it up and there's 17 ingredients, 16 of which you've never heard of, and you're going to have to go down to the Indian market to find them. Not that you, I, I, I love it when people learn different cuisines, but who has time to do? That's why people don't cook. Make your, make your cooking fit with your life and make it simple and understandable. And in fact, Brownies for Breakfast is written specifically, Sam, so that an eight-year-old will do fine. And an 85-year-old will do fine. Anyone can cook from this book. And if you're sloppy and if you don't measure great, that's right. You know, if you kind of slip up and put, put a little too, it's typically it's okay. And I tell you in the book, in the cases where, no, no, you need to really measure this part. But for most of the stuff, you know, the way, the way people have cooked over generations, 
is you dump some stuff in a pan. You have a good idea of things that combine well and how to make them taste better. And yeah, put lemon in everything or put salt in everything or, or put salsa on everything. That's a great California trick. You know, oh, that works fine. But let's not be big fat fuss budgets about how we approach our kitchen. You know, enjoy yourself, have fun, play with your food. It's yes. huge. Play with your food. I think like number one people that should look into your book is if, if uh, Matrix members, if any of you guys are truckers, my boyfriend's a trucker and I spend most of my time on the truck with him. And when we didn't meal prep, like we bought a giant freezer chest that's like four feet so that we can pre-make plant-based meals, like breakfast sandwiches and freeze them and then heat them up in the morning. And it's just changed our health. Like we were able to live healthier with that preparation, like having pre-prepped smoothies and stuff like that. Cause if you, if we don't take that effort living on the road, like if we see how much processed foods, like oh some gosh. people live like this every day, like where they have to go to the gas station, get breakfast just to get something in their stomach. And I got to see firsthand how my skin was breaking out, how fatigue and bloat, how much weight I gained. It's like, it's so important for us to like save our money, save our health, and just do that little bit of work. And it just goes so, and it tastes so much better too. And save our truckers. Talk about yeah. underappreciated people. I mean, I didn't even understand what kind of pressure truckers were under not getting paid when they're not on the road. It's, I don't know, I, that's not a good situation. Uh, we need to fix that. And it, it's such hard work. I don't know. I, I know I couldn't have done it without being arrested because I'd be in fights with people all the time uh, about how they're driving. I mean, the truckers I've seen, so patient, so forgiving. <laughs> really? That guy just cut you off and just about killed you and took your load off the road? And you're just like, huh? you know, oh, my gosh. So good for you. And I, what is it that you're making that is your favorite thing that you take on the road with you? Maybe people would like to hear that. Have you talked about that? No, I haven't. I'm really happy to. Thank you. Honestly, I'm all about simplicity because I, I'm a scatterbrain. Like I always multitask and stuff. So I bought like this little blender. No, no, Sam, you're not a scatterbrain. You're a genius because you can think more than one way. So let's, let's frame that. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I like that perspective better. So I got my hands on a bunch of projects and the easiest thing I can do is grab my little blender. I have a Ziploc bag full of like spinach, carrots and cabbage with mango and strawberries. And I have like different mixes based off of the health benefits I want. And I know how much antioxidants I need to have to fight off blood clotting from sitting for so long because these truckers, they oh. have to sit for hours yeah. So got this little blender, we just hit the button and we have like our meal and I have things like bone broth protein powder. So I make sure to get like my, my, my micronutrients and then I have like frozen steaks and rice and beans and that's like our first meal right there. Do you have a microwave in the truck? Yeah, and we have like this Yay. little, like little oven like this big that we could like bake oh, things cool. in or cook them in. Cool. 
Um, I actually need one of those for my office. <laughs> I've been, been threatening to get one. I will. But may I suggest that my idea of brilliant road food is, guess what? My brownies. Perfect. Because it's a meal. Little, I mean, you're getting eggs, protein, nut butter, protein, good fats, and the the um, pumpkin. You know, the all of the good vegetable things coming out of it. And also, there's a recipe for pumpkin muffins, which is similar in a way, but you can fill it. You can put hemp seeds and chia, ground chia in it. And those little puppies, you know, you can, days, they don't need to be refrigerated. And you just pull one out and eat it. And if you want to put some, some vegan cream cheese on it, great, you know, but those are two really great little things that feel like a treat. But if you cook up a batch, freeze half of it at home, and then throw them in the, the cooler for the truck, those would be great road food. And a thing that uh, I always fed my kids in the car was a great like whole grain burrito with nut butter rolled up. Do you try? Do you do that? I haven't tried that yet, but I have to. So good, and it's a it's a great form factor because it's not gooey. It you know it's it holds up. It doesn't fall apart and go everywhere. And if I thought about it, I'd come up with some other ideas for you too. That's, you know, that's a great article that needs, somebody needs to write that article right away. <laughs> Trucking food, you know, for, for people, for truckers who really want to improve their health. Let me do that because yeah. it's horrible when my husband flies and, and he goes to these little sort of quickie mart places every once in a while to get a coffee. And he comes out just going, oh my God, the food in there is just not, not okay. You know, mm -mm. I got really not tired okay. of it after one week. I was like, oh, I can't look at another hot dog. <laughs> no. And again, and processed meats, preserved meats, you know, are also, carcinogenic there and i'm not making that up that's not prejudice that's because we have hard evidence that if you eat enough salami you're gonna have problems or pepperoni and you know people live on pizza sam and pizza is the most addictive food that prepared food, the, the most addictive food is, is sugar, but, and you have to lump white flour in there with sugar. It's all the same thing. And so pizza, when you think about it, it's white flour. The whole thing is white flour covered with bad cheese, not good cheese, covered with red sauce, which is full of sugar, added sugar, and pepperoni, which is carcinogenic meat, and maybe they sprinkle a mushroom or something on there, but that's typically about it. And there are a lot of people in this country who are living on it. That's what they eat all the time. For coming from New York, um, I used to be one of those people like two years ago, I was living off a of pizza. <laughs> Get one pie and it lasts you like a whole week. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> again, you can make pizza and have it be a healthy meal, but you have to make it. Sorry. 
and you're starting with a crust. It, it needs to be a cauliflower crust or, you know, an almond meal crust or, or even corn meal, whole grain, some kind of a better crust. And then my favorite is pesto. And I have a recipe in the book for making pesto. If you don't know how easy it is, now you do. It's so easy. And I tell you how. And again, you make it with your leftover. You can make it with carrot tops, dandelions. I, my favorite is making it with arugula because the, the fragrance of arugula when you chop it up. Actually, you don't need to go buy fresh basil. No, no, no. There are all kinds of ways to make pesto and have it be terrific. So that's what you put on your pizza crust. And then you put lots of olives and tomatoes and you know, open up your fridge. What have you got? Put it on your pizza and it'll be good if you have a nice base of, and then, and there are all these, if you're not eating dairy, there are all these great vegan cheeses now. So vegan Parmesan, vegan mozzarella, and you can have a great vegan pizza. And by the way, your homemade pesto is full of pine nuts or walnuts or whatever you're using. Great protein, great fat. So there you go. Pizza can be great, but not when you buy it on the road. Absolutely. And then it sounds so much tastier. And the, I think it's just, it, there's another ha form of happiness you get when you eat food and it's actually helping you. And like you feel happy yes. every bite. Like this is brain food. I'm feeding my blood. I'm feeding my heart fixing yes. my liver i'm cleansing my kidneys like that's that's another level no of guilt. joy no mm -hmm. guilt and your stomach will go okay that was good fine we're done because so how many people say oh i just kept i finished the bag i i sat in front of jimmy kimmel and i ate the whole dang thing if you're eating healthy food you really can't do that. You, your your body has limits, and it says okay, because you're not a victim of the craveability industry when you're eating good whole food that you've made. Absolutely, and honestly, I found a like a fact that was disturbing that a lot of the companies that make preservatives and fast food industries. They were the people who created cigarettes and a lot of the advertisements for how cigarettes are yes. good for you. Like you have a headache, yes. have a cigarette yes. and not, yeah. they all own processed foods in most of the like markets. And it's crazy that that's something that's overlooked as the consumer. Like I, when I was growing up, I used to like think, like, oh, trust the FDA. That's their job. Like a whole organization dedicated to making sure we're safe. But as I aged, I realized like, we really have to watch our own backs and we have to put a lot of intention into life. And the more intentional, more present we can make each decision worth something more, it's, it just changes life. Like it's just got to slow down. We have everything in front of us to, to rush, but there is no rush. I mean, there's no, nothing wrong spending like two or three hours in the kitchen because it's a sustainability. Like what did our, like, that's our whole purpose. Like, I feel like sometimes when we're growing up in this fast world with technology, we wonder, like, what's our purpose? Our purpose is very simple. It's to thrive. It's to multiply. It's to find happiness and pass down wisdom. And, and uh, I think we can all, like, be at ease if we remain, like, focused. Do you have kids, little cousins, nieces and nephews? 
If so, I bet you're tired of the pain from stepping on Legos. And I bet you're fed up with the subpar cardboard jigsaw puzzles. We have a fantastic solution for you today. Juan Go Puzzles. These puzzles aren't just like any other ordinary jigsaw puzzle. They're an exceptional work of art, meticulously crafted from genuine wood, breathtaking designs, and distinct shapes. Wanguo puzzles promise not only a delightful but stimulating experience, it'll keep you hooked. And the best part? All the pieces are guaranteed to be included, so you'll never have to worry about an incomplete puzzle again. Indulge your puzzle passion with Wango Puzzles, a true treat for your intellect and creativity. Say goodbye to flimsy cardboard and hello to premium wooden jigsaw puzzles. They're 100% wooden and they'll last forever. Each piece is hand-drawn, so no two pieces are the same. And you'll discover some fun, whimsical pieces as you work through it. They come in custom wooden box, which is a perfect gift for storage. With stunning designs and unique shapes, Wongo puzzles are a cut above the rest. I love doing the snow globe puzzle myself. It was a great to pull out a puzzle and have it done at night and have it on the table and not have it on the table for a week. What are you waiting for? Go to wongopuzzles.com and pick your puzzle today. And be sure to use the promo code ORGANICMATRIX to get 10% off your order. This is the most fun you'll have with the puzzle, I guarantee. Or get your money back. Go to wongopuzzles.com and use the code ORGANICMATRIX to get 10% off your order and get puzzling right now. On those four principles like that make life enjoyable. And I like that you bring up the connection to the earth in a bigger sense because absolutely if you're eating consciously and you're sourcing your food consciously you're solving all kinds of other problems on the planet you know we have we have a terrible pollution problem because of factory farming uh, the animals don't like it the earth doesn't like it your stomach doesn't like it it's the only people it's helping are the people who are putting money in their own pocket, but they also are depleting their soils and depleting their water and so on. I recently read about the whole state of Vermont losing its dairy industry because it just wasn't sustainable anymore. And, and we, we're going to be seeing that more and more. We don't, we cannot raise animals the way we've been raising animals in these factory farms and, and, and not kill off everything around them. So uh, if you're going to eat meat, eat grass fed meat from a place that you know where it is and you know how they're raising the meat. And if you're going to use dairy uh, it's best when you know the cow or know the person who has the cow, or even better yet, oh, you've got, got a little friend there. I've got a big fuzzy thing right here, too. Yeah, he goes crazy over the other dogs. I'm sorry about that. No. I've already told you I live way out in the country, so we get all, my dogs are howlers, though. they're snow dogs. So when they get beaked about something, they don't bark, they howl. Um, which can be pretty impressive if you don't know what that is. It's very kind of <laughs> North Woodsy. 
Anyway, we're talking about sustainable agriculture. Huge, huge. I mean, for so long, we were ignoring, we, we would go to Trader Joe's or Safeway and we'd buy a package of something and bring it home and eat it without even thinking about where it came from or how it was created. And so particularly dairy. And the thing, a thing I didn't know five years ago was that goat dairy and sheep dairy, so sheep cheese and sheep's milk and goat's milk and uh, goat's cheese, different protein than cows. So you may be sensitive, and most people are, to cow-based dairy in some form or other, even though it's mild sensitivity, most of us are sensitive, but you won't be sensitive to sheep's milk or goat's milk. So if you haven't tried goat's milk cheese or sheep's milk, I'm just talking about feta. Most people by now have had feta. And uh, it's not expensive, it's yummy, uh, and it's easier on the earth and on your stomach. So I highly advise backing off the cow juice and um, going with the goat juice or the sheep juice. I'm so interested in trying that because uh, most of it's true. Most of us become lactose intolerant after we're babies because technically there's no reason for us to be drinking milk. And a lot of us, I always found it interesting, like a lot of us... Uh, like the idea of breast milk, like we're like, ew, but at the same time, like we're drinking breast milk from a cow. It's yeah. just very interesting how our cultural norms impact the way we look at food. And sure. It's just like we have to re-educate ourselves on everything we've been taught. Recently, the government put out a study saying that Lucky Charms cereal is more nutritious than a grass-fed steak. What? Yeah, everybody's appalled. Who did that? Like, yeah, the um, you know how the government has these food standards, like they update the food pyramid, like yeah. But I like, want to yeah. see that. That that's too stupid to be believed. I want to see that. I'll, I'll send it to you right after this. Thank you, because no, that just I'm sorry, no, <laughs> no, big, huge, greasy, no, no mm. way, no, yeah, no, no, no. And a lot of these grains, they have these byproducts like glyphosate. And glyphosate causes swelling in the, cere- the cere- cerebellum in different areas in the brain that can cause autistic symptoms. So it's like the child could have outbursts and symptoms of autism, but not really be autistic. But in response to the carcinogens and byproducts from pesticides in the grain. So it's not like we're worried about our vegetables. Like if we have a method of cleaning them right, we're fine. The real problem is when they're making cereals, they're not, and they have, and they're selling oats. They're not putting in the same care and cleaning those products before they hit the shelf. And that's why they it's like so important to just dry the the grain. I mean, it's just it's used so widely and heavily um, on grains. That's absolutely true. Uh, I live in this odd little area, as I was explaining to you. Um, I'm right up the road from University of California at Santa Cruz and right over the hill from Stanford and right down the road from from uh, San Francisco. And so it's kind of an epicenter of regenerative agriculture. And so I, I actually can get 
heritage wheat grown on a local ranch from seeds like your great grandparents used. And there, there's a bakery. I have to drive, you know, 35 miles to get there, but it's worth it because this bakery makes its stuff out of this heritage wheat and the wonderful fresh foods that are available around here. And once you've eaten that, it's really hard to go back to crappy glyphosate covered stuff. And I don't, I don't shop in grocery stores much anymore at all. I'm happy to say that my husband has done most of it during the pandemic because we've been very kind of cautious about who goes out and when they go out and so on. But he, he does most of it. But when I do go in a store, I see the changes in the last three, four years. And that is the front of the store is full of grab and go food. Have you noticed that? That it's all been geared to not drive through, but walk through where you go in the grocery store, not to buy groceries, but to buy, to pick up dinner in plastic. And I'm afraid many of us are not particularly critical about what is in those plastic containers. We're mm-hmm. just too about it. Then we take it home and eat it. Well, it's full of glyphosate. That's what it's full yeah. of. Yeah. And um, B- BPAs, these forever chemicals, uh, I think it's called PFAs. And they're like, clinically, they have not found evidence on how it impacts us as a toxin but what because it's indigestible we have microplastics gathering in our bodies which is going to interrupt our organs from doing their job because we see how much what cholesterol does to our veins you know like if something's blocked off in the body and there's stagnance there that's the worst kind of disease like everything goes wrong and not to mention that these plastics have been clinically proven to be uh, endocrine disruptors so they mm-hmm. disrupt hormones and the decline yeah. in testosterone mm-hmm. in men right now is extremely yeah. concerning because although you can't tell listening to podcasts <laughs> I guess, right masculinity is taken on this sort of strange new form <laughs> absolutely with podcast hosts who know everything <laughs> It's very interesting to me, uh, the amount of podcast hosts that are proud to call themselves misogynists. Mm. Mm. I know. Yeah. So, yes, we should all be um, very aware of the glyphosate problem and telling our local politicians that we care and want to see it outlawed. Even here where I live, Sam, and they raise so many vegetables, and this is a place where uh, Brussels sprouts grow and are harvested in giant, you know, batches. And Brussels sprouts, right? What a fabulous thing. I learned the other day what some of our local farmers have to put on those Brussels sprouts to get them to survive. And I'm not eating them anymore unless they are certified organic. I was never a huge, huge proponent of it's got to be certified organic but when in your neighborhood you actually see what poisons are being put on the brussels sprouts 
so they can make it to the market. As I, we have some wonderful farmers around here, and a couple of them said, yeah, Brussels sprouts are actually very fragile. And, you know, you can't really, and oh, you don't grow them on your farm? No, we don't, because you can't really do it without poisons. So I'm not telling you to stop eating them. I'm telling you to look for an organic label faithfully on anything that you buy in produce. I, I think there's probably cheating there too, but insofar as we're able to insist on, and I live on a little farm and we raise a lot of our own vegetables happily and you don't need to put poison on vegetables to get them to grow. Um, and I know you need to do that if you're going to make millions of dollars growing vegetables or even thousands of dollars in some cases growing vegetables. But, you know, if you're, you're friendly local farmers who are at the farmer's market, you can talk to them, ask them what's going on. And most of them are proud to be growing really healthy, clean food the healthy way organically uh and it's better it tastes better and mm -hmm. if you pay a little more to that farmer how much you know a few cents more a pound or something so what boy as far as i'm concerned that's a great investment i want more of those farmers yeah you're saving you're you're getting great quality food and you're saving money from what you would be buying in medication or visiting a doctor because you bet and uh, i what i found very interesting is have when i've been listening to the news and have you heard of the organization ewg no oh, i think you would love them i'm going to send you a link to their website they're an organization dedicated to doing research about environment what's going on in our environment they test beauty products for women on how they affect our allergies, what kind of carcinogens are in there. They, they recently made an article about Ventura County's farming on how they put millions of gallons of pesticides that cause developmental issues on their farms because there's no regulation on how much pesticide to be used. And they found that within a 10 mile radius, all of the schools with children and all of the homes near the farms within a 10 mile radius all had residue of the toxins and the poison they're putting on the plants. And these poisons are in elementary schools, middle schools, high schools, on the food, like covered everything. And But one of the side effects of this product that they're using is that it causes developmental problems within kids and they're covering, covering schools. I, I thought that was very ironic that every time I hear the news about the rainfall, I wonder if there's a correlation on the amount of pollution from spraying chemicals, if it's correlated with the weather that's going on right now. You know, I don't, I don't know that that would necessarily be true. I, I've, I haven't heard anything either way, Sam, but send me anything you can about the Ventura uh, County problem. It's clear that in the United States, we use chemicals before they are really thoroughly vetted and tested. I mean, we have over and over again, there are issues with things that you think, well, wait, shouldn't you have tested that first? And they take them off the market. Well, 
you know, because the pressure, of course, and even thinking about, let's go back to my local farmers, uh, when I'm saying you shouldn't raise Brussels sprouts with these poisons, well, that's money out of their income, out of their pockets, if they can't bring these Brussels sprouts to market in a way that people are going to buy them. Um, and so that's a problem, and I'm sorry, but that doesn't make it a problem that should wind up being a health problem for me. So somewhere we have to come together about this. And if you go in a hardware store and go in the back where the sort of heavy garden tools and the farming tools are and the rodent, and let's talk about rodenticides for a minute. We had an owl show up dead in our yard not too long ago, beautiful big owl. And it's, it's very personal to us. We hear them. We know they're there. We know what they're doing. They're eating our mice, our gophers. And that's helpful to us. Uh, And they're beautiful, beautiful creatures. Well, what typically kills an owl is she will have eaten a mouse that's been exposed to mouse poison. So when you go in the hardware store and you see mouse poison and you see other rodenticides that are being sold to people, understand that those are not only killing gophers and mice, they're killing owls and hawks and crows and this whole ecosystem up above the dirt. And I'm sorry, I don't, I don't think that's anything we have a right to do. And we have, we have a tremendous rodent problem. I mean, this year has just been, I've got gophers out here just laughing at me. You swear you can walk outside and they're all just going, neener, neener, neener. <laughs> I mean, there's so many of them and the holes are so deep. And so, but is that enough for me to put poison out that is going to kill the owls? And the, no. You know, I don't like killing the gophers either. I just, I want to discourage them heavily. But, and the mice, we have electronic traps, which very quickly and painlessly kill the mice. And I don't like doing that either, but I'm not going to use poison. And I would encourage other people not to use poison. There's, there's, there's ways around it, like because, like you said, it's true. It's very hard for a farmer to like grow and make a profit when his livelihood is reliant on the survival of his crops. But there's things now like Kangen water that you can actually get a machine that adjusts the pH level of your water, and insects and rodents know with their senses what's acidic, what's a base, like what's not edible. And when you spray these plants with this uh, like 2.5 water, it, Interesting. it deters, yeah, it deters the animals and it's just water. It's not poisonous. And if they had like a sprinkler system to spray these things periodically before they get dried out, we'd be fine. So it's, it's going to cost us money as a country, but it's going to save our children in the future. It's going to benefit our planet in the future because Maybe, like you said, the rodent problem is so bad because the predators that are taking care of these rodents are going down. Yeah. It's already hard for them to find food. And now yeah. their food 
is dangerous for them. So yeah. I love that we brought this awareness into this conversation. And I, I think the biggest thing is like reinvention. Like we, we don't have to lose anything, right, to live better lives. We just have to work a little harder. Well, and I should ask you, Sam, you, I think, had some questions to ask me or an outline of things that you, I don't know if we've been even close to what you thought we would be talking about. It's been great fun for me, but is there anything left on your list of stuff I need to ask Lynn or, you know, outline of what we need to be talking about? What did we miss? Anything? What did we leave out? Yes. I would love to know how what clean eating has impacted your hormonal health. My hormonal health. Well, I haven't had any hormones since mm, the 80s because I'm old. Uh, I'm 76. So hormones. What I actually am a big proponent of right now is bioidentical hormones that you put on your skin. Um, because I don't, I can't say, I have no way of saying how what I eat has affected my hormones. And I, I would like to know more, but this isn't a thing that there's a lot of good information out there about, Sam. I don't know if you've been researching it and looking, but even the whole idea of bioidentical hormones, women were given some really bad information about, I mean, the studies were flawed and the way the studies were presented was flawed and I've seen them and, you know, I'm not um, just speaking off the top of my head here. We were told that, that taking estrogen in any form caused cancer and it doesn't, but there are a couple of generations of women who are terrified to add estrogen to their diet or their skin in any way because they thought it caused cancer. And if you, if you're my age, the issue is bones, uh, bone health, particularly if, if you're active. I mean, how many times, and I don't know if this is true of the older ladies in your life, but where you think, oh my gosh, she's got to stop doing this or that because she's going to break a bone. And then that's, then it's over. You know, once you break a bone at a certain age, then you never recover and you die within so-and-so. And, and I'm a horsewoman and, and I'm active and, the idea that I would need to be terrified of doing anything with my body, you know, so it turns out that estrogen and progesterone applied to your skin, not taken internally because it has to do with how it goes through your kidney and your liver and so on. Um, you need to apply it to your skin to, to have it be effective and it needs to be bioidentical. It can't be horse urine or something. It needs to be properly um, compounded. Uh, it can help strengthen your bones. So sign me up. Uh, I don't mind being in the experimental cohort for that. Uh, and, and I'm reading more and more. I have a friend, Dr. Summer Rashid, who has recently written a book on the subject, if you want to look that up. and. Uh, so that's what I'm doing for my hormones, in addition to eating well. Um, but my my current research project is this business of, okay, you're hearing all about keto, carnivore, paleo, plant-based. 
where's the truth here? Who's right? Is somebody right? Who is it? That's what I'm working on. I can't wait to find out the answer. I'll definitely like want to sign up to find out and like read Good. what your project is on because I think that like this and is so meantime, true. In the meantime, spread the word about the brownies. Yes, absolutely. Okay. How can clean eating impact our beauty? Well, I mean, I'm 76. I still clean up pretty good. <laughs> I think it's my skin health and my um, ability to move around and so on and make trouble is largely because since I was particularly, I mean, yeah, in my 20s and 30s, I did all the stuff everybody does in their 20s and 30s. I drank too much and I partied too much and I ate too much, you know, wrong things. But since I had my kids and since I uh, calmed down in my 40s, I've been very, very health conscious. I've moved, I've danced, I've exercised, and I have eaten as well as I could possibly figure out how to eat. And that pays off in a few decades. You know, you can't suddenly turn your health around in your 60s if you haven't, but you can improve it. And, and the longer you work at it, or just enjoy it, let's say, um, you will definitely improve your energy, how you look, um, your skin. So many people have skin issues that are a result of what they're eating. Mm-hmm. You don't Absolutely. need to have like psoriasis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eczema. Yeah. And, and so many autoimmune diseases are exacerbated by, I'll just say bad eating. Um, the one thing that I see here's a, uh, I'll, I'll cheat a little bit of the information I'm finding in my research, but um, the, the carnivore idea actually seems to be a good idea for people who have extreme autoimmune issues, particularly in skin stuff. It's a, it's a kind of elimination diet that people can stay with so that they can eliminate everything that might be causing an autoimmune disease because autoimmune typically is not exacerbated by uh, meat protein. That's very interesting. It is interesting, isn't it? Yeah. So stay tuned for the next book. (laughs) I promise to tell all. (laughs) I'm on the edge of my seat and I can't wait to try out some of those recipes in your book. Speaking of which, where can we find your book if we're interested? Uh, You can find it on Amazon. Uh, It's very easy. I you could probably put a a link in. It's if you if you search Lynn Bowman spelled with an E L Y N N E B O W M A N, search in Amazon or on Google or whatever. I usually pop up, and on you can also and my favorite way for you to do this would be to go into an independent bookseller and ask for it. And if they say, "Well, no, we don't stock that," you go, "What?" It's the most it's blowing up. You've got to get it. But they can order it from their wholesaler. It's available through the wholesaler that supplies bookstores. So the and the title is Brownies. So I'll wave it around here. Um, Brownies for breakfast, a cookbook for diabetics 
and the people who love them. And I say that because you know this, it's hard for a diabetic to eat healthy if they don't have family support. And the dirty secret is everybody should be eating like a diabetic. Amen. Thank you so much. I find so much inspiration in our conversation and I'm definitely going to be thinking about this welcome every time I'm in my kitchen. I have a few rapid fire. I'm thinking about crackers now. That's a whole thing I want to really give some thought to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely staying tuned because I have I have a lot of trucker friends now that I, I want to pass this knowledge to because you're right. They're so kind and gentle. I want to see them live longer. They deserve it. They bring our goods around the entire country. Without hard, them, we wouldn't have stores. Yeah. And I'm thinking in the podcast world, there must be a whole world of podcasters who are talking to truck drivers. Yes, absolutely. Because mm. they have a lot of time, a lot of time to listen to podcasts in that truck. Yeah. Do you have a big audience among truckers? Not yet, but I'm going to start making content for them. <laughs> Let's do this. Absolutely. All right. Okay. Fun teaming up with you. Let's do it more. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Lynn. I have one more fun rapid fire question for you. All right. Uh, what is your current favorite TV show or movie? I don't watch TV. And movies, let me think. The last time I saw a movie, whew. I'm struggling here. Uh, they're not made for me, you know? They're they're violent and obscene, and they're made basically for 14-year-old boys, movies. So they're, I, I'm a reader, you know? And, and I, I love my music. And now, so what we can do instead of watch TV, I do have a television screen, Last night, what my husband and I did was watch some new bluegrass acts on Amazon through the TV. So it's like having them in our living room. It's like going to the best club and having this great act in your living room. So that's what we do. And I, you know, going to the, I used to love going to the movies, but, and if you if you named one, maybe I, but I, it's been a long time since I've sat in a theater and watched a movie and we don't tend to watch them on Netflix or Prime. And I mean, after we hang up, I'll go, oh wait, I forgot. There was this one and I'll send it to you. But yeah, I, we don't watch like TV, TV, just don't. And I advise I that. That's what we need to do. So Matrix members, I hope you feel as inspired as I do from our glam grand, Lynn Bowman. Make sure to check out her website, lynnbowman.com. And make sure to get off of Netflix. Let's start cooking. All feedback is welcome and helps us serve our fellow Matrix members. To stay up to date with our Matrix mentors and what we have in store for you, bookmark our website and subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel. It was great to have you with us on the Organic Matrix show. And we'll be seeing you on the following download. Thank you so much.